It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 100 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Let's start the celebration. Woohoo! took over the ship, seeking adventure and thrills. The curse has taken them to their graves, but they cannot die. No sleep is their punishment till the end of time. When the ship sails on, back into beyond, over again. When I sing my song, this is my home. Until the end, centuries across the sea, it's not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally When the life of piracy Hail the curse of Gil Maggie And hail Captain Blood What can I say? But wow, episode 100 And how crazy is that? That we have been talking Pirates of the Caribbean For 100 episodes That is crazy actually Yeah right? Did you ever think back in your life and go Yeah one day in the future I will talk about Pirates of the Caribbean for 100 episodes on a podcast. That's a lot of time. That it is. And we are all excited to reach this milestone because we as humans, of course, like round numbers. Just think, there may be some alternate universe out there that is not infatuated with round numbers. And so tomorrow, we'll be saying, wow, I can't believe we made it to episode 101. (laughs) Or even stranger yet, that there's a universe where Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't even exist. How dare they? Oh, I... I don't think that's possible. It's Pirates of the Freaking Caribbean, and some alternate universe has the gall to reject Walt Disney's last great attraction. I mean, I have to wonder if they are really worth being part of the multiverse. Disney is in the multiverse business as owners of Marvel, so they really need to get a handle and get their universes in order. See, I'm all worked up now, even in this fake multiverse scenario. (laughs) It's not fake. Damn that. Boom, I just had my mind blown. (laughs) Heather, by this way, is our resident physicist. <laughs> That's probably enough celebration for right now. Well, maybe celebration, theoretical physics, comic book realities. So in our reality, we're starting episode 100. And we're almost ready, but I just wanted to say thanks to Black Bones for that song, Captain Blood. For me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally, what life of piracy? Hail the curse of Gilmanky and hail Captain Blood. Hail Captain Blood. Hail Captain Blood. 
Now are you ready? We're ready. In the pre- In minute 99. What is this multiverse stuff? <laughs> Aren't you going back to the past or to the future, whatever that is? You just went back in time. We're back in time. In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow has one of those dreams. Not that kind of dream, Heather. Get your mind out of the freaking gutter. Really? Yeah. The kind where all is going his way. He's trapped on a deserted island with a beautiful lass. A roaring That's fire. That's the right kind of dream. A roaring fire burns in his pants. I mean, background. <laughs> he slips his arm around her after they connect over a meaningful conversation. See, this is where it gets goes from male to female. He twists of the mustache. Yeah, I'm getting lucky, he thinks. I mean... He's getting lucky. That was a Freudian slip. (laughs) All of a sudden, things go black, and the next thing you know, that dream of all dreams has become one hell of a nightmare of that very last of his lust, Elizabeth Swan. She's now destroying all the rum. After Heather, I mean, Jack, comes too, it's not a smoky, hellish nightmare, but a reality. Oh, the humanity! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Minute 100 begins with Jack running towards the immense rum-fueled fire and Elizabeth, finishing his objection with, Good. Stop. Not good. What are you doing? You've burned all the food, the shade, the rum. Elizabeth hits back. Yes, the rum is gone. Jack asks the most poignant of questions. Why is the rum gone? The minute ends with Captain Jack Sparrow walking away from Elizabeth Swan in frustration and talking to himself. He spots an anchored ship just offshore of the island, the HMS Dauntless, with a longboat approaching. There'll be no living with her after this. Elizabeth pleads, but we've got to save Will. Dot, dot, dot. So why does Elizabeth think? I mean, why, why isn't, doesn't she think that Jack is concerned about the food or the shade? She just goes straight to the rum that he's concerned with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you need food, you need shade. Does but a pirate need just... food and shade, or does he just need rum? <laughs> she goes straight to the rum that she thinks he's most concerned about. Exactly. It's odd, right? It is odd. Yeah. Pretty strange. That's what I thought. This is the minute we get the most iconic question. The, the question that scholars have pondered since the early 2000s when it was proposed, why is the rum gone? <laughs> it's a catchphrase for sure, but I'm not sure it is like that ubiquitous catchphrase like some of the others that we've encountered in the movies. I mean, this may be more famous in the Pirates of the Caribbean fan or pirate world than maybe regular moviegoer. Or pirates in general. Yeah, or pirates in general. Not to say that people don't continue to hear it, but I think it maybe continues to fly in those circles more so than in general society. Probably. You want to say that, right? I don't think, I don't go around work saying, why is the rum gone? (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) Don't lie to everybody. (laughs) Go to my boss. Hey, why is the rum gone? That's the tagline on your email. (laughs) your sign up on your email oh, after your funny. name i mean then again it is pretty significant meme out there there is like this internet meme of why is the rum gone that's traveled the internet for years so maybe it is pervasive i don't know i mean is it i don't think it's on par with some of the other catchphrases that we've talked no. about but it is out there it is good though the rum you mean why is the rum gone <laughs> oh oh you meant the catchphrase but why is the rum gone exactly he doesn't understand that he can't even contemplate that i'm also wondering how much experience she has with rum I mentioned earlier this week that there was this like movement started in the mid to late 18th century where there were calls to restrict the abundance of drinking rum. I think we talked about yes. that in the past, right? Yeah. But it sounds like there's, you know, that something is really brought into her. Or she's bought into something or because she seems really against it. Yeah. I mean, I don't see people in her class 
in her high society kind of thing or that she's hanging around with maybe is more accurate to say. I mean, yeah. people in her class were obviously drinking a lot of rum or stuff, but I don't see her or Governor Swan or people that she's hanging around with drinking a lot of rum or having a problem with rum. So she really is kind of uh, anti-rumist. Well, she's probably drinks wine and tea all the time, not rum. But a regular rum problem that would cause her to believe rum is a vile drink that turns even the most respectable men into complete scoundrels? Maybe she's had bad experience with rum drinkers. That's what I'm wondering. Where did her hatred for rum come from? Did Jack gross her out by putting his arm around her and now she's blaming rum? Did it happen in Port Royal when she's walking through town? I mean, where did this hatred yeah, for rum come from? Know. Or where did she see this? Just in the streets and then she sees what happens to people who become rum Maybe addicts? Maybe her dad's a rum drinker. On the side? Yeah. It's possible. Doesn't seem like a rum uh, drinker. No, he's not. Maybe Norrington is. Norrington's not either. Come on, that guy's as stiff as a board. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that wasn't. What are you talking about? That wasn't a euphemism. How dare you? Wait, and you why me, would I comment on that? I don't even know. You gave in me this, this minute, look. And no, I did not. You did too. In this minute, Scott examines Norrington's pants area, his frontal. See, now I don't even want to say it. Oh, How dare you? You made me go there. You went there. You gave me eyeballs. I gave you eyeballs. I'm yeah. just sitting here. How? Man, we were on such a streak of yeah. high society. You and look what you gave me these eyeball look like. I mean, all I could do was giggle after that. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I just, don't look at people like that then. Now I need to have a after bag you over say my head. stuff like that. That wasn't what I was talking about. He's just I know. Sure, you weren't. His personality. Uh huh. Yeah. See, you just winked at me. I didn't wink. That's my normal eyeballs. <laughs> oh. No. How dare you bring that You're up? Talking about. Norrington's areas. Areas. <laughs> On this episode of Norrington's Bulge. <laughs> shiver me, Timber. What? Well, at least I didn't go there. I had, I was, you winked at me. Anyway. I didn't wink at you. You winked at me. Get, I knew that we would somehow falter and get back into the euphemisms. When we have a bunch of new people listening, we're trying to act civilized here. And you just took things down a road that I can't even recover from. I did. I yeah, think this all how came much from rum you? have you been drinking? Because I know that rum can turn the most respectable women into complete scoundrels. <laughs> you dirty, filthy bilge rat. Yeah, seriously. No, but seriously, why Let's... is she blaming him for the rum? Or is this just know. a movement in Port Royal that she's maybe. like, okay, there's a lot of people that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're hanging out. Maybe, maybe. Notice it's... how we tried to pull this back and, and let that other stuff go. Like nothing maybe, to see here. Maybe folks. it's a class thing. She, you know, she's all, she's putting on her snooty nose and, oh, the, my class doesn't drink rum. Well, we know that they all drink, drink rum, but she, in her class is probably, yeah, she's trying to say that, yeah, I don't drink They rum. drink rum out on the streets and look what it does to and them. And I step over them and, yeah. while they're drunk You know, she's pulling streets. on this snotty nose. Well, she nose. is in a pirate town that come there and all the pirates, yeah. so she'd see an influx of pirates. Yeah. They're spending all their money on wine, women, and stuff at the taverns. And so she'd see it on a yeah. daily basis just going through town, all that crazy. So maybe she gets it from there? Possibly. I did round up a couple more rum things since I know that you're really fond of the beverage. Ambrose Beer said, rum, generically, fiery liquors that produce madness and total abstainers. See? Robert Louis Stevenson said, if you keep on drinking rum, the world will soon be quit of a very dirty scoundrel. 
So there you go. Everybody who drinks rum will just go away because they'll, well, they'll be gone. <laughs> I did need to mention, now that we've had a little too much rum ourselves probably. Well, looking at this bonfire, it is a fiery drink. It is a fiery drink. There you go. I did need to mention too that Jack's comment about the shade, the food in the rum that you brought up. Actually, yeah. I wanted to circle back to that because there is something I need to point out with that. Okay. I agree with him that Elizabeth could have at least set the food or rations aside. Right. Plenty of other wood to burn that maybe getting rid of the food is a little Will Turner rash kind of thing. Maybe she just missed Will Turner so much that she's like, a rash Will Turner would just burn everything. Yes. The rum, yeah. A pirate needs his rum. Ask Gibbs. He'll tell you that was completely out of bounds. You don't burn the rum. You don't get rid of the rum. How dare she? (laughs) But the shade... There's plenty more shade on the island. <laughs> yeah. There's other trees. So I'm guessing that Jack was really just upset with the whole situation. And he's trying to make it appear like it wasn't just about the rum that he was upset about. Maybe he was afraid that that fire would catch the whole island ablaze. I guess. I don't think he's thinking that. No? He's really you only think concerned only about the, the liquor. So you think Elizabeth... Food and shade, go to hell. Rum? Don't you dare touch those casts, lady. You think Elizabeth was correct when she said, yes, the rum is gone. Like, that was the only thing he was concerned about. Not the shade and not the... Exactly. Oh, okay. Why is the rum gone? There's no shade. There's plenty of shade on the island. That's a little tiny tip of shade. Mind you, the other stuff is more tree line based. That is right out on a kind of a nice point. Nice, yeah. good drinking spot under some exactly. palm trees right on the edge there. You could maybe look Great every vacationing once, in, spot. once in a while at passing ships as they go by. Yeah. And you just kind of toast them without trying to wave them down. But yeah, there was definitely something there with the shade. He was, if he could have lumped in more stuff, like, my God, you turned the white sand beach black with ash. You burned down the shade trees. You've gotten rid of the food. He could, If he could have lumped in anything else, it would have made it appear that she had done wrong when really what he just wanted to say is why'd you burn the freaking rum yeah now she says it will only take an hour or two for the royal navy to come rescue her yeah but i mean you said it would take it was quite a long time to get even from port royal to tortuga yeah i don't remember the calculation on that it was a couple days right yeah so why does she assume it's only gonna be one to two hours 50 hours depending on the knots and stuff i think we were talking about right yeah i mean if it was only one to two hours they would have had to be on the black pearl's tail almost exactly well i mean you got to think really that she says that the entire royal navy is out looking for her Uh so she's making the assumption that in the caribbean here that there's just a boatload of ships out there okay that at any one point that there's going to be a number of ships at least somewhere somehow they'll be passing by just because there's going to be so many ships she's really kind of full of herself thinking of how many ships are actually going to be there well i'm such a high society type that everybody's going to be looking for me norrington is going to pull out all the stops all the ships are going to come sailing because he over loves from England. Me. Exactly. Everybody's going to come sailing over and doing that. I mean, I do have to say that Elizabeth's research on and fascination with pirates is really starting to pay off, though. Sure, we had some questions of belief about her sailing skills and where did that come from? I'm talking about you, club hauling. Does club hauling ring a bell, people? <laughs> but survival on a deserted island really is a smart move to create a signal fire. Yeah. She's definitely adept at the skills. Well, yeah, keep the food. 
But at least the survival skills are there, and she has some good sea skills. So we have seen that. We don't know where they really came from because she's never really practically used them. Right. But this I can see. She read somewhere, oh, create a signal fire and the smoke plume, then the ships, passing ships can see it. Right. This is stuff that you don't need practical knowledge about when you're really doing battles and stuff. The other stuff, okay, maybe not so much. This club one here. Hauling? Club hauling. Yeah, I'm talking to you, club hauling. But this one is, yeah, she could do this. This is reasonable. But like you said, really, the food, can't you just put the rations aside? Right. What if, what if they don't see them? Exactly. Yeah, kind of need the food. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of a fisherman Jack is. Come on. Or Elizabeth. You actually think Can... Jack's going to go fishing? The no. only thing he's fishing for is down in the cache for another bottle. <laughs> so I'm saying, you kind of need the food just in case they're not going to be there in an hour or two. Well, I agree with you on that. The good news, the really good news here, is that they didn't actually burn the palm trees. I mean, that's just a bit of movie magic. The trees are still there. Oh, that's Everybody good. looking about the trees or wondering about the trees are still there. You can see photos of them online about Petit Tabak, and you can see the trees still there. You made a funny face when you said Tabak. Petit Tabak. <laughs> I'm like a robot when it does that. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I also did some looking into smoke signals. Oh, yeah. I did that. Oh, really? Like when you use a sheet or something to go poop? Like, no. <laughs> what the hell is your problem? <laughs> I don't know if that's politically correct to even say that. <laughs> How dare you? Send all your hate mail was, to Heather. Remember that cartoon? Do you remember that cartoon? Of course we remember the cartoons. When they're but using the sheet? I am, you know, okay, I, I'm not fond of political correctness, but I'm just saying for the, the benefit of our audience that you just went there. It was a cartoon. I was referring to a Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, like they've never been politically incorrect well, back in the day. All, that's why they don't. <laughs> that's why kids don't watch them these days. Actually, it's okay. I was just kidding you. Of course, they use smoke signals. Just don't make any sounds or anything like that. But I did look into smoke <laughs> signals. I read that in ancient China, soldiers stationed along the Great Wall would alert each other of impending enemy attack by signaling from tower to tower. In this way, they were able to transmit a message as far away as 470 miles wow. in just a few hours. So I really do give her plans. Is it, it like a... It's like Lord of the Rings. No, it's like Lord of the Rings. Remember they had kind of the fire, the big fire that they would... At Mordor? Not at Mordor. When they were had all the oh, towers the set eye. up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Remember they, got, they had the enemies coming. They're trying to do the... They signal everybody. They're up on the mountains and they could just light the, the bonfires on the mountains. And then each yeah. one would light another bonfire yeah. on the tips and it would just spread. So there you go. Okay. So they were able to do that and they were able to do as far away as 470 miles in just a few hours to be actually doing some kind of smoke system like that. Wow. But you got to imagine an island, there's no mountains out there that are really obstructing any of this. Yeah. So a plume of smoke that goes up is visible for quite a ways actually, especially out on the ocean in a clear day. So, like I said, I give her plans a thumbs up, except that the rum is gone. The, rum is, the food's gone. <sighs> Who cares about the food? The rum is gone. The rum is gone. But why is the rum gone? Yeah, we all want to know that. There's also a callback to a deleted scene, and this is one we covered the other day. Jack was giving Elizabeth some half-hearted hope, and so he basically told her that they have supplies for a month. Well, this is before <laughs> she went and burned their food. But a month or maybe more, and if they keep an eye out a weather eye out, they will have a fair chance of being picked up eventually. But Elizabeth 
really took this to heart. And obviously she was insulted by this half-hearted attempt to give her hope when he really was just going to do nothing. It was like his passive action. Let's just sit and wait model that she didn't like. Because she clearly references this scene that we actually never see in the final cut of the movie. But she references it here. Yeah. Because she specifically tells Jack, I mean, more like throws it in his face. Just wait, Captain Sparrow. You give it one hour, maybe two, keep a weather eye open, and you will see white sails on that horizon. It really is a good line. I mean, it tells us about her logic of starting the fire and her certainty. I mean, this degree of certainty that she has that her plan will work. But we don't get the tongue-in-cheek, the throat-in-his-face kind of false hope idea because the deleted scene by nature is a deleted scene. Yeah. You didn't see it in the movie. Because that deleted scene really makes this moment ever so perfect, and it really hits this home, especially when Jack sees the Dauntless. It's a perfect I told you so kind of moment, which he caps off with the proverbial, there's no living with her now. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So we miss that whole kind of full circle thing of her saving the day and becoming the hero and rescuing everybody, and her throwing this right back in his face, kind of the same words that he told her, but she actually made it happen, not in a few months. But in, in an, an hour, hour or two. <laughs> an hour or two. Now, look at Jack standing behind her while she is saying... That's where I wanted to go next, too. That, to keep a weather eye open. He is back there, and he is so angry. He actually pulls out his gun with his one shot that he's saving for his mortal enemy. His revenge? Yes. And... Actually pulls his gun out and he's actually thinking of shooting her in the head. Well, I mean, this is hands down the best part of the minute. This might be one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually. Yeah. And depending on how I rank things in the movie. But this may just be, it's just such a great, like, acting part. Because, like you said, Captain Jack reaches his, like, penultimate level of frustration with Elizabeth here. It's perfectly acted. There's a kind of a twinge of humor. And this cartoonishness, if I can, that's even a word, that I just really love about all his mannerisms. I mean, they really capture that moment. He's like ready to strangle her. He's going to then shoot her. I mean, all of that stuff that happens when you lose your temper. Right. It's so real. It's it's funny. That's how I put it. Because you know you get this way when you get super angry. Well, I don't, but you do. Without pulling a gun out. But... (laughs) But, I do keep a flintlock on me at all like, times in yeah. case I need to blow somebody away when they're frustrating me because <laughs> the rum's it, gone. But it's so funny because we all we've all experienced this when we get this angry. He just has no other choice. He puts his gun away and then walks away. Well, I don't think we. I mean, we know that he really wasn't considering pulling the trigger there. Yeah. But his feelings were at such a level of frustration <laughs> that they demanded that there was some reaction. His brain said, "You have to react to this," and. And it's like he can't even get it out properly. It's just yeah. he's so shaken up and it comes out. I mean, that's just perfect. And then he walks off talking to himself. This is all stuff <laughs> actually I can relate to, literally relate to. <laughs> it really is. It's like the most incredibly relatable thing of this I whole know. movie. Jack is now not just a pirate, but he's an ordinary person. And we understand exactly what he's going through. And he's mumbling her, her words to himself. Like... You you do. I exactly like know. you do. I've heard it many a times. Well, walk away from me mumbling. That's because when we were stranded and marooned on that <laughs> island, and you burned the food, I was pretty ticked. I would off. burn the food. Believe me, I'm too much of a <laughs> food person. Yeah. 
Well, something. Oh, happened. I must eat that. Something happened. <laughs> so yes, I brought everything back to where we started, and it's just like this masterful genius that I have for creating the show. Right? See, we started off with some rum talk. Now we're at the age-old question: Do you have anything else, Heather? Yes. You have other stuff. I just have to put out there. Man, you ruined my thing. I, okay, what is I it? I love this line. There'll be no living with her after this. That's because that's also relatable. Dauntless. I think every guy out there is gone. Yeah, that's relatable. Oh my God, she's right. Oh, horse. Ah, she's right. Horse. Now she's right. Now there's no living with her. And why is she telling him she's got to save Will? Oh, because the way the minute ends. Well, obviously she's not telling him, but the minute ends with that overlay. I thought that was actually kind of cool without them panning over to yeah. the next. Obviously, they're on the Dauntless, but they start the dialogue while we're still kind of in jack mode there. Yeah. If you will. But that's not actually was not the age-old question because we know what the age-old question is. It's not, do you have anything else? Because we already know that that's a no. Except today you had something. So there's no living with her after this. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) The age-old question is definitely, why is the rum gone? That's where we're leaving. That's the full circle for the episode. And that's all I got. Where did the rum go? So that's our 100th episode. That's the celebration. And it's all about rum. What better way to have our 100th episode than to have a bunch of rum talk. But we've actually had rum talk for a few days now. So that shows you where our mind's been at. So I think I'll leave things now with a little bit of this cool song that I found from Black Bones called Captain Blood. Another great pirate movie. Pirate movie from the 30s. Heather remembers those days. So we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 101 of the Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. But why is the rum gone? Why is the rum gone? Many years have passed now since Gil McGee was killed. Captain Blood took over the ship, seeking adventure and thrills. The curse has taken them to their graves, but they cannot die. No sleep is their punishment Till the end of time When the ship sails on Back into beyond Over again When I sing my song This is my home Until the end Centuries across the sea Well it's not enough for me All I want is to be free And hail Captain Blood On and on eternally When the life of piracy Hail the curse of Gilmaggy And hail Captain Blood Heather! Heather! Climey, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Again. Heather, are you in there? Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep. Mother's love. What are you doing in here? You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy? I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no. I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? 
give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats. Oh.